Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are incredibly generous, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So, Jonah, I was thinking about the time... When you actually got your first ever pedicure with our guest today and me. Yeah, I got my first pedicure at a place and you found the name, which I'm really impressed. Yeah, Breeze Nails. Breeze Nails. It was in the, maybe is still, I'm not sure, in the East Village. And um, yeah, our guest today who we're going to introduce in a minute was living in New York. And I don't know how it happened, but I think it came up, you know, you were getting pedicures and somehow I, I got in on it. And I remember... The woman was asking me if I wanted all this extra stuff, like the green tea, tr- all the stuff. And Jenny was like, or sorry, our guest was like, uh, <laughs> was like, no, no. Like he just wants the straight treatment. Like knew <laughs> yeah. I probably would have gotten all these add-ons. I had like no idea what I was doing, but she really kept, kept it on course. I really appreciated that. Yeah. You got to be really careful with that kind of stuff because they can really upsell you when you're getting those treatments done. And as a, as a newbie, um, you know, y- you could have gotten totally scammed in there. 
Totally. You know? And you know what else happened? I don't know if either of you remember this. I was so relaxed during this that actually like <laughs> my cell phone fell out of my pocket and I didn't realize I lost it till like hours later. Oh my God, that's right. And, and then, then I we... had to like do the find my phone thing and it was inside this nail salon and I had to go back there and, and they're very nice. They gave it back to me, but I, I didn't notice. I was like just so relaxed. I was like not looking at my phone. I was not even noticing it wasn't yeah. there. Okay, we have to, I think we should get to introducing our guest because I think, you know, she was there and I'm sure she has some. I'm sure it's a, yeah, a huge experience for her. I'm sure she has so much, so many memories. Given her, given her career and her (laughs) life, like she probably, this is huge for her. (laughs) So our guest today is an amazing singer, songwriter, musician, actress, and most importantly, friend. You may know her for her amazing solo career where she just finished touring with Harry Styles. You may have heard of him. Or her earlier work with her band, Ryla Kylie, or her work with her band, Nice as Fuck. Or if you're like me, you may have first been introduced to her as a child actor when she starred in the incredible film troupe Beverly Hills or in The Wizard. Please welcome the endlessly talented and incredibly kind Jenny Lewis. Hello. Hello. Hey, Jenny. Jenny, we're so excited you're here today. Oh, thank you. Vanessa, I just want to thank you, first of all, for introducing me to Breeze Nail Salon. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't it the best? It is the be- the massage can't be beat. Uh, And in moving to a new city, I moved to New York when I turned 40. And I shared an apartment uh, with my friend uh, Annie Clark in the East Village. And finding all of your spots when you're in a new place is really important. So Breeze became a part of my uh, monthly routine in New York. And every time I would go in, they would ask, how's Vanessa? Oh, that's nice. Well, my friend Cassandra introduced it it to me and I was so happy to introduce it to you. It's a real, um, it's a real, it's an incredible nail salon with, as you said, incredible massages. Jenny, did they ever ask about me or ask how I was doing or? No. Okay. No. That's what I thought. But (laughs) a couple of uh, words of advice for your first uh, Manny Petty, which I was, 10 when my mom first took me to get a manicure and a pedicure and i wish i had said don't cut the cuticles uh which i think i advised you uh jonah when i told you not to get the add-ons that day at breeze because once you start you you can't stop you got to keep cutting those cuticles gotcha bit of a scam well i remember when i was a kid i would once in a while get manicures with my mom at this place that she would get her hair cut and get manicures. Okay, now you guys know everything. And I remember the woman used to really guilt me for picking at my cuticles. Like she'd be like, you can't do that. Like you have to stop picking at your cuticles. And I remember telling our mom about it and she was like, that's so, that stinks. Like she should like leave you alone. Like, like she, you're not getting a manicure so she can like discipline you. Like it was like, it was really weird. It felt like I was like at piano lessons or something. You're very vulnerable when you're getting beauty treatments, particularly as a young person. Yeah. Uh, but even now, I was just uh, ridiculed for having dry cuticles. So, so dry. Yes. Your <laughs> cuticles are so dry. I, I don't, I mean, I put lotion on my hands. I don't know what to say. Also, it's like uh, that, that to me is always so, it's like, just let me enjoy this time where I'm getting a manicure. Like, don't, just that's why I'm here because my cuticles are dry or they're I have hangnails or whatever. It's like, that's why I'm here. 
They don't do that at Breeze, by the way. They yes. don't do that. <laughs> they are loving. And and Jonah, when you lost your phone and we were, I think oh we God. went out afterwards to dinner or a bar and we were checking yeah. it and we yes. thought someone had stolen your phone <laughs> yeah. and we were going to roll up on the apartment building because it was sort of hovering in like a three block radius, the, right. the dot for find your iPhone. And we were going to go and confront the people that had stolen (laughs) your iPhone. And we had a whole plan. And then we realized it was just at the nail salon. I know. I wish we would have done it though. I mean, (laughs) that would have been so incredible. uh, We like traced it to using find my phone. We traced it to like a building. We were like, okay, we'll go to this building. (laughs) 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 And how will we find the person? We're yeah. We're just going to confront them. Oh my God. They would have been so freaked out. Yeah, I have so many fond memories of you living in New York, the three of us living in New York, and it's and our friend Miles would hang all the time. And uh yeah, that and I remember I was remember you actually meeting our parents because we were like used to practice in that basement. And I remember like we were walking past one time they were visiting, we we're like, Oh, if we like just like knock on this door, like Jenny will just be down there practicing and like the band will be there and you guys were just down there jamming. Uh, yeah, we'll give the listeners a little background on that. Sure. Uh, when I moved to New York, uh, my friend Tennessee Thomas had a, a shop in the East Village on 2nd. And we started a band, uh, a shop band called Nice as Fuck. And we would rehearse in the basement and play in the window of the shop. And so you could walk by the shop and we'd be, you know, playing playing in the window. That's so cool. I don't think I ever saw you guys play in the window, but I did get gifted by either my brother or my parents something from Tennessee's shop. It was like it was like a tea strainer with tea. It was very cute. It was like a heart-shaped tea strainer. Sorry, that's so not as cool as the other parts. I saw you in there. I remember like the last show. I think there was like a final thing and the, the, the store was closing or something. I can't remember. Yeah, the the shop closed. Uh, Tennessee moved uh, back to L.A. from New York and our bass player. uh, That's right. Right. And so we did uh, two shows in the window uh, where people just watched outside. And that was our farewell uh, to nice as fuck. But I have such fond memories of you guys in New York because I really didn't know very many people. And Vanessa, you invited me to SNL twice, which Truly one of the most exciting experiences to be able to go and hang in your dressing room and watch that go down. Uh, thank you so much. That was just so special being there. Oh, my God. Jenny, that was so fun having you. And you've met our parents several times, which was really nice. Yeah. And it was just so fun. It was really fun when you were there. It was so. And I remember Jonah and I saw Nice as Fuck play at a larger venue. Yeah. Bowery or something or Music Hall or one of those places. Yeah. Bowery. And our our rule for playing uh, actual venues was that we played on the floor. floor. We never because we wanted to be close to people which is so crazy to think of now in context of COVID in social distance. Cause it was, we played in a little circle on the floor and the fans were all around us. Uh, It was so fun. And so I I remember it as being a very wholesome time. You know, people have these New York experiences that are super wild, but I feel like it was just really wholesome while I I was in New York. And that was the show too. I think I could be wrong. This could have been a different show where, Jonah's friend had a tattoo of you or something. Yeah, my friend Nick, uh, who plays in the band Bayside, had like a tattoo of one of your 
something one artwork from one of your albums or some kind of I can't remember exactly. He's a lot of tattoos. Yeah. I must have blocked it out because I have <laughs> <laughs> I have no tattoos. And it, it, it's not entirely because I'm Jewish, but it, you know. Same. It feels scary as a Jew. To I got get my a first tattoo. I was showing Jenny before we started. I got my first one uh like me and my wife got matching ones like three or four years ago. And it was yeah, I didn't get them my whole life until I was like almost forty. So I get it. Yeah. Well, why inflict pain? And it's like running. I don't really run unless I'm being chased. <laughs> yeah, I like running too. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you Jonah know, into that pain. stuff. <laughs> I don't know. And the commitment. I have I I don't I might have a problem with commitment. And this is probably why I, you know, I'm single still, Vanessa. Same. Maybe we, we don't we don't want relationships, we don't want tattoos, we don't want to run. Although I do run sometimes, but just to copy Jonah. <laughs> I'm on Raya still. I don't. I don't know if I if am too. You're I never. I there. guess. I guess I don't see you on there because we're both looking for the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. I just have a hard time with each profile. I deliberate for too long. I am the same way, and also I get so worked up. I get so angry when there's a lot of beach shots, <laughs> like people just like showing their body on the beach. I'm like. Get a life. Like, like <laughs> or so- if they're too fit. Like, I feel like yeah. these dudes, they're like, they love to show pictures of their dogs. They love to show pictures of Larry David. There's like, you- <laughs> it's so weird. It's like someone, it's like someone thinks that they're showing that they have a good sense of humor if they show a picture of Larry David. Which that sends mixed messages. And I love Larry David. <laughs> of course. Same. <laughs> Wait, do you mean a picture of them with Larry David or just no. Larry David? Okay. No, it's just because you. The thing about Raya is that you create a video montage. It's like a bar bat mitzvah video, like someone would show at their bar bat mitzvah, it, where you put it. music behind it, and it's like. <laughs> and it's so similar. You wouldn't believe how similar the videos are. I mean, it's like you know uh, a lot of vacation vids. You know, yeah. like here I am in <laughs> Bali. <laughs> yeah, I just saw one, and a guy was like doing a flip off a cliff, and I was like. I don't want to meet this guy. Like, that's insane. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do any of these like fitness related. Oh, my God. People like hiking in the middle. I'm, I'm like, this is too much for me. <laughs> Where's the guy who loves to watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want a montage just of someone's watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. I love when people have pictures of them as a little kid. I always think that's very cute. And I hate when they're like on the beach or hiking or when they're like have a huge dog. And I'm just like, give me a break. I'm with you. I mean, the huge dog thing is a huge turnoff. Yeah. So I have to be scared of this dog all the time. No, thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Jenny Lewis. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip I thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board This is Uncanny USA He says somebody's in the house and I screamed Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. And we're back. Okay, so Jenny, I was, uh, we have so much to talk to you about, but you know, something that Jonah and I were discussing was most of our guests, one of us knew and then met through the other sibling, but we met you at the same time, which is pretty incredible. Um, You were a guest on our web series, Sound Advice. You were so great. We recorded this thing and I played a media coach where I was like giving you bad advice. And I asked you so much about Troop Beverly Hills um, and you were so patient with me. And after we did it, I thought like, wow, it was so cool to meet Jenny Lewis, but she probably thinks that I'm so lame. (laughs) And then... You invited me to do your music video where we channeled Troop Beverly Hills. You directed it and it was your music video for She's Not Me. And 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 it sort of touched on all of this nostalgic stuff from when you were a child actor. I don't even know what to ask you or to say about it. That was just such a cool experience. And, you know, given that we have a nostalgic based podcast, that music video was really obviously so cool to be a part of. Like, I guess that's <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> I'm like Chris Farley in like, <laughs> was, so is that cool? <laughs> well, if you hadn't geeked out on Troop Beverly Hills uh, the way you did, 
when I appeared on Sound Advice, I probably wouldn't have asked you to uh, be Shelley Long in the She's Not Me video, which is an incredible performance. You were a perfect Shelley Long. Oh, Jenny. You were un- a, just a joy. I'm not a real director. I've, I've directed a couple of other of my own music videos, but that day, because you were Shelley Long, Fred Armisen was Fred Savage. Yes, yes. Uh, Leo Fitzpatrick uh, was one of the other troop yes <laughs> members from Troop Beverly Hills, and you were just the perfect Shelley Long. And did they do a reboot? Are they doing a reboot? Because yeah, did you get the call to play the Shelley part? You know, I oh that's so nice, Jenny. I I did meet with one of the producers or something. I don't know. I haven't heard much about it recently, but I met with one of the producers and was basically like. I'll do anything to be a part of this. But Jenny, you should be in the reboot. Yeah, Jenny. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I don't even know who I'd I'd play. I haven't been, I honestly haven't been an actor for a really long time. For one reason, I'm not a very good actor. Jenny, I don't think that's true. I Obviously, recently, Betty White passed away and that's very sad. And you got to work with her on Golden Girls. But that clip has really been going around of you on Golden Girls, when you're when you stole the stuff, you stole the teddy bear from Rose. And I mean, you're an incredible child actor. You really sold it. I agree. Yeah. What was it like doing Golden Girls? Do you remember? Like, what was that experience? Well, like, we also uh, uh, do a little tribute to that in the "She's Not Me" yes, video. Yes. Yes. Um, and it was so fun, and I have so many great memories of Betty who was so sweet just right from the jump just loving and gave me a hug and a kiss and made me feel instantly comfortable on the set and but Rue McClenahan she she was the one she took me aside and we sat in the living room set from the Golden Girls that iconic set on the on the couch on the iconic couch and the lights were down because they were shooting in another part of the stage. And she told me ghost stories. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, so that that was so fun. And yeah, so many people are reposting that clip because I think that's one of the favorite episodes. I think that was one of Betty's favorite episodes. It's a really great episode. And it's really it's because you don't normally see Rose being like, She's normally just sweet. You don't normally see her doing something like when she steals the teddy bear back from you. Yeah, it's a it's a classic moment. And and you don't realize when you're a child, really, you know, I didn't really understand how that would be such an important part of my weird showbiz story. You know, at the time, you're just a kid. You show up, you do your job. And it's really become just a part of the whole story for me. And uh, I'm so thrilled I got to do that. And it's so sad that she passed just before her 100th birthday, but it's actually perfect. It's actually kind of perfect because it's kind of like a fuck you to People magazine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're absolutely right. That's such a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jenny, I feel like, I mean, I know you've been acting a while, but yeah, we were just watching. I mean, another movie we saw in the theater, I remember was The Wizard. And I remember just like that being the Super Mario premiere and like the Power Glove, all that stuff. I mean, we're how do you kind of look back on that experience? Like, cause you were so young, do you still have a lot of memories of that or is it a blur? 
I have, uh, yeah, very specific memories. And again, I was a kid, so I was just kind of doing my thing in the context of just being a 13-year-old kid. I had a huge crush on Fred Savage. Yeah. I mean, that was like the big theme of the making that film, just like completely crushed out. He was not into me at all, but maybe he was. Maybe he, I bet he was. You know, when you're 13, things are, it's a little bit, it's like post throwing sand in the sandbox, but it's like not that far out from that. Right, or right, still, right, right. Were you into like Nintendo and video games or did you not really care as much about that aspect? Oh yeah, I was huge. I mean, I've uh, completed all three Marios. I, I sort of, I dipped like when Mario Kart came out, but I was a huge Nintendo fan and I used to play with uh, my friends. We would be on the landline playing Nintendo and we'd be talking and playing. Oh my gosh. Mario. I bought, that's the only game I've ever played in my life, the, the three Mario games. Did you have the Mario Duck Hunt combo thing for your Nintendo? Do you remember that? I think me and Vanessa had it where it came with a gun. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I had the power pad, which was very uh, slippery. If you were in your socks, it was like a oh, yeah. tra- track and field accessory, but really dangerous. Yeah. And then, of course, how did you feel about the power glove? I don't think we ever had that, but it always looked really cool. Uh, I think the power glove was just a very uh, uncomfortable gadget because you had to keep your hand elevated uh, right, while right. playing the video game. So it was sort of like an early workout for kids. I feel like the power glove was a giant flop, as was uh, the wizard when it came out. It was? Really? I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think True Beverly Hills as well. Really? Yeah, didn't exceed expectations. Was that like on your, like, because when you're a kid, are you like, oh, what's a box office going to do? Are you nervous about that? Or is that just something totally off your radar? I think it's just a feeling that you get when something isn't as successful as people hope it's going to be. It's kind of like, like there, you know, there's this project that's supposed to kind of catapult you to like a Kirsten Dunst status. You know, like it just never happened. Well, I don't know about that. But did you, when you were shooting, and I'm so sorry, to, this will be the 1,000th question I'll ask you since I've met you about True Beverly Hills since we became friends. But did you stay friends with the other girls that were in True Beverly Hills? Or were there certain girls that you were really close with during the filming? I was close with two of the girls. And then the rest of the girls were either their moms weren't nice to my mom or they weren't exactly my style. So I kind of hung with uh, uh, this girl, Aqualina Soriano. She was my best friend. She played like the dictator's daughter. Yes, 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 yes. And Tasha Scott, who sang Cookie Time. Those were my girls. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The other girls were like not necessarily very uh nice and I think there was a little bit of envy going on because I was the you were Shelley's the daughter yeah 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 so so I w- I remember being very close to the crew like the camera department in particular they took me in and that's when I started learning about pulling focus and uh you know they taught me how to you know load the camera or they would kind of demonstrate wow. while they were loading the film and So, yeah, I had my crew, um, but they've since done a couple of, uh, you know, reunions on Entertainment Tonight, and I always get the call 
to go be a part of the reunion and I, I never do it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't want to be a talking head. You know, I feel like that's the last refuge of the scoundrel. Right. <laughs> is to be the talking head on, you know, it's just like not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about the past. If they did a reboot, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And Jenny, you were in so many commercials too. We were like looking up like products because we look at that a lot for the show. Like we'd look up like corn pops or something and, and there you are. I mean, like commercials. I mean, you did it all, it seems like. Well, on my uh, resume as a child, and uh, which was on the backside of my headshot, which is the the photograph you give to the casting directors that has like four different versions of you in little squares, like uh, book, book smart, right. uh, Jenny with glasses, like on, on a horse, she's athletic, like <laughs> <laughs> with like, you know, doing a cartwheel cause she can do gymnastics. So on the back on uh, my resume, it said, uh, Jenny has appeared in hundreds of commercials, which I think was a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't being verified by anyone. Thankfully. <laughs> no fact, fact check, <laughs> but I was in a, a ton of commercials. I, I think I did five Barbie commercials, which I was never into Barbie. Wow. So they probably offered you free Barbies and you were like, not for me. Oh, no. They, you never got free swag. Oh, you didn't? For, no, oh, never. Even the, wasn't it, was it Toys R Us, the toy commercial you were in? Did you, you didn't get anything from that? No. Aside from $10,000 to do the <laughs> 90s version where you have to like redo what you did when you were a kid, they like brought all of the kids together for a kind of reunion for, that's like the only time I've ever done that because I was so uh, broke. It was just when we were starting Rilo Kylie. And I was like, oh, 10 grand. Okay, I'll go, I'll go do that. But it was all the kids from the original ad. It was Jaleel White. Scott Nemus, myself. Um, wow. Yeah. But that, no, they never gave you any of the products. And they were always, you know, there were uh, stylists for the Barbies. So you couldn't play with them. And right. if you were doing a food product, the food wasn't real. Right, there were right, food right. stylists. So, you know, it was fake food, Barbies you couldn't touch. Yeah. And, uh, but you got to like, <clears throat> learn about the new shit, you know, it was like peaches and cream Barbie. I knew about it first. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, how cool. But I wasn't into Barbie. I was into rainbow bright, strawberry shortcake, cake, uh, and cabbage patch kids. The, the, that was my sort of thing at that age. What an incredible transition, Jenny, because we were, we asked, for some nostalgic topics to talk to you about and something that you uh, wanted to talk about that I was also very into as a child was strawberry shortcake. Now, what is your, like, I, there were a lot of iterations of strawberry shortcake. So what was like your favorite type? Like, what what do you associate with it? Was it a toy? Was it like the TV specials? Was it, you know, what kind of was your thing, your strawberry shortcake fave? The first thing that comes to mind is, uh, a, a doll, like a kind of uh, foot long baby doll. And I'm imagining her, she uh, doesn't have her clothes on. <laughs> and right. you, you would squeeze her tummy and then a little puff of strawberry air would come out of her mouth. So it's like a little puff, puff 
a little scented uh, dolly and they made a strawberry one and then her friend blueberry muffin. Yes. Yes. Blueberry muffin, I think. (laughs) Blueberry muffin. And then there was a lemon uh, friend as well, a blonde lemon gal. So I had all three of these little puffy puffer dolls that and but strawberry was my baby because she was a, a redhead i always identify right same so did i even though my, my mom and jonah really had the red hair i really didn't but yeah so uh just to bring this full circle to uh i was just on a tour opening for harry styles yes. i guess uh last year we can say because we're in the new year and uh we had to have aliases when we checked into hotels Uh, because of, you know, we just had to kind of keep it uh, low pro. And so my tour manager was asking everyone for their aliases. And my alias was uh, Strawberry Court Case. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was expecting. (laughs) So when you would do, would your tour manager check in this hotels and stuff? Or would you go, you'd be like, I'm Strawberry Court Case. I'm here for my room. Yeah, and then he pulled me aside and he said, you know, can we come up with another name for you? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little bit more realistic. So my uh, guitar player, I think there's a, a Gibson that has a finish or a color called Sierra Taupe. And that became my my name for the rep. But I was like, why not? Why doesn't anyone like Strawberry Court Case? That's like my my DJ name. That's so great. That's really funny. Well, you know, we were looking up some research about Strawberry Shortcake and Strawberry Shortcake originated as a character used in greeting cards published by American Greetings. That's kind of how she started. Um, And then it kind of expanded into all of these other dolls, posters, uh, other products. And, you know, like her friends that were, you know, Blueberry Muffin and... Lemon Meringue. Lemon Meringue. and, And there were all these 1980s toys... Uh, that were like associated with strawberry shortcake. I, I re- kind of remembered Berry Bake Shop. There was also Snail Cart with Escargot the Snail, Carousel, Berry Shaped Carry Case, Flitter Bit the Butterfly, Garden House Gazebo, Big Berry Trolley, Berry Mary Worm, Filbert Wormley the Third, Berry Happy Home, <laughs> Maple, <laughs> Maple Stirrup, and the Oatsmobile. And Blow Kiss Baby Doll. Do you remember some of those? Well, Blow Kiss Baby Doll, I think that must be... Oh, that's be, what you had. That must have been in the doll that I had. But it seems like they really milked the strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, my goodness. I, I do remember the snail snail cart. <laughs> you remember Escargot the snail? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, there were, there were oh. six TV specials, too. There were also some video games too, Jenny. I don't know if you ever got into the the game inside of Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah, in 1983, there was an one for Atari, and then again in 2003, Strawberry Shortcake Amazing Cookie Party for PC. <laughs> so in '83, my sister had an Atari, but she's eight years older than me, so I wasn't allowed to play the Atari. And she would invite her friends over, and they would play Atari. So I don't think that was accessible to me at that time, but. Because she didn't let me play Atari, uh, she had a waterbed at the time. Whoa. And I, I went in there one day while she was still at school, and I took a pencil, and I just popped that waterbed. 
Oh my gosh. What happened? Did you get in trouble? Oh yeah. (laughs) And she just like slowly (laughs) sank that night into a puddle and I really got her back there, but she should have let me uh, share in in the Atari gaming. Yeah, totally. I mean, I would just sit and watch Jonah play video games for hours. I mean, he'd be like, your turn's coming up next. And then it would like (laughs) never come. That's how it was with my ex-boyfriend. He would play <laughs> Grand Theft Auto and I would just fall asleep uh, watching him play Grand Theft Auto. Wow. Yeah, always super fun to watch someone else play video games. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's what people do now on like Twitch and stuff. That's like people's whole career now is like playing video games so people can watch them. I'm out of the loop because I'm sorry. I'm just not a fan of the shoot 'em up games. Yeah. I know I sound like a grandma, but it's they're, they're just not. They're all they're also so hard to play. I was on. <laughs> I don't think he's still doing it, but Taryn Killam had like a Twitch where you could come be a guest on like these scary games he would play, but they're so advanced. I've talked about this on the podcast before that I would just all I knew how to do was like walk against a wall and like squat and stand back <laughs> up. <laughs> to like get around or like shoot it would be like you have to pick up this thing or like before these guys come in this room and I'd just be like standing there squatting and standing back up you told me a story once about when you were performing there's like a story with Fred Savage which you know obviously you did the wizard with him when you were very young and then do you know what story I'm talking about uh yeah so uh I was playing a show at the Troubadour maybe 20 years ago. And after the show, um, and this is during the time that, you know, we loaded all of our stuff. I sold the merch at the merch table. So I would play the show, pack up my keyboard and guitar, and then go out to the merch booth and sell the t-shirts And uh, someone said, oh, uh, someone left you a note at the merch table. And the note said, um, it said, does anyone ever ask you what it was like to work with Fred Savage? Love, Fred Savage. So Fred had come and left me a note. And uh, so uh, we played a show in Atlanta, uh, opening for Harry, and Fred came to the show. Oh, oh my God. And I didn't get to see him because we weren't seeing anyone, but he took a picture and he bought one of my t-shirts and he had a Modelo, which I uh, started, this is totally random, but uh, during the early months of the pandemic, I was doing, oh wait, should I wait for my phone to stop ringing? Do you guys hear that? Oh, I, I don't didn't hear it. hear it. I hear it a little. Oh, now Maybe that's it. Fred. <laughs> Fred. What if it's him calling? <laughs> it's going to answer. I have a landline. Oh my God. That's so cool. So if uh, we'll see who's going to leave a message. Is it like, this is Jenny, leave a message. (laughs) So I've had the same cell phone number since I got my first cell phone. And my outgoing message is it's almost Christmas. Right. Right. Same outgoing message on the landline. So when you call my house, it's almost Christmas. And so now is the time of year, and I've been compiling all of these messages that people leave, where in November, people are so stoked. It's almost Christmas. You're right. It's almost <laughs> Christmas. Wow. But like January 1st, January 3rd, February, March, people start getting pissed. No, it's not almost Christmas. Yeah, right, right, right. They're mad. They're mad. <laughs> so back to the Fred story. 
So yeah, Fred uh, took a picture. He bought one of my t-shirts and took a picture with a Modelo. Early part of the pandemic, I was alone in my house here and I started doing these Instagram uh, live shows called 836 because uh, that's my weird number that pops. People have numbers that they see all the time, like 1111. I always see 836 when I look at the clock. I wake up at 836 in the morning. Wow. And so I started doing these these 836s and I had a Modelo at the end of an 836 and I just said, uh, will you bless this Modelo? Uh, oh, I'm going to bless, I, I'll bless all of the Modelos. So I started blessing Modelos for people during the pandemic and they would just send me a picture of a Modelo and I would just uh, bless it, blessing. <laughs> I bless this Modelo. So on the Harry tour, I had a Modelo with me up on stage, sort of hidden. And on several occasions, I blessed a Modelo, but I blessed one for Fred Savage at the arena in Atlanta opening for Harry Styles. And I don't know if the if everyone in the room knew who Fred Savage was, <laughs> but some people did. I'm sure. That's really great. Well, we're going to take another quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Jenny Lewis. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. And so, Jenny, I wanted to really quickly, you know, we've talked a lot about your acting in the 80s and 90s. And I want to talk a little bit about early 2000s nostalgia, specifically like Rilo Kiley and specifically Saddle Creek, because I feel like that was sort of like the, to me, like the last like regional music scene that got really popular. And I think that had something to do with it being sort of pre what the internet is now. I mean, how do you sort of look back on that era, which I guess at this point is like 20 years ago? Wow. (laughs) That's sorry. That's like my music journalist question (laughs) coming out. My friend was uh, telling me about this uh, podcast, the Merge Records. There's like a podcast about Merge and um, Mac and Laura talk about uh, the origins of Merge Records. And so Rilo Kiley, our first uh, big national tour was opening for Superchunk in 2001. And we were first of three. And I think the guitar player from Superchunk, Jim Wilbur, saw us on 120 Minutes. We we had a song wow. that was on 120 Minutes, which was so cool, and invited us on the tour. And so we were the first band, and the immediate support uh, was this band called The Good Life from Omaha, Nebraska. At the first show in San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall, The Good Life set up their merch table while I was setting up our merch next to them. And I noticed that they had a bunch of CDs from their friends' bands in Omaha. And one of the records was this Bright Eyes record, Fevers and Mirrors, which I had. I was obsessed with it. And I was like, oh, is this, wow. And this is how you found out about music back then. Totally. Because uh, I found out about Bright Eyes because uh, my friend made me a mixtape. And I was a member of the Sub Pop Singles Club. And I was totally obsessed with uh, Northwest indie rock, you know, Death Cab, Modest Mouse, and Built to Spill, and all of those bands. I love Pavement. And so I was like, oh, wow, Bright Eyes is from Omaha, and you're from Omaha. How cool is that? And so Tim Kasher, who we talked about a little bit, yes, he invited us to go through Omaha uh, while we were on tour with Superchunk. And, and we were about to make a new record, which would become the execution of all things, which I think is like the fan uh, Rilo Kylie favorite record. It's my favorite, that's for sure. And uh, we met Mike Mogus in Nebraska and decided to make our record there. So, but we're on tour with Merge, basically, at this time, Mac and Laura, and they had shown interest in putting out our record. So we go, we finish the tour, we go back to Omaha to make the record, and when it was finished, I sent a CDR to Rob at Saddle Creek, 
and to Mac and Laura in uh, North Carolina. And I packed it myself. And by the time the CDR got to merge, it had uh, cracked in the mail. So they couldn't listen to it. And in that time, Saddle Creek asked to put out our record. And we were the first non-Omaha band to be on that label. Yeah, because it was like the faint, cursive, obviously bright eyes, like all Omaha bands at that point. And we had become a part of this musical community, which we had never found in L.A. You know, like like people made fun of us in L.A. because we were former child actors. You know, we opened for this band, the Beachwood Sparks. That was one of our first gigs in L.A. And later I became friends with them, but they were like super hipster band. And I could like hear them talking shit about us. Wow. And uh, so we just never felt a part of until we went uh, out to Omaha and they just, they really loved our music. And I don't even know if they knew that Blake had been on Salute Your Shorts or I had been Mm -hmm. in The Wizard. They just really loved the music. Um, So we ended up putting out the record on Saddle Creek. But sometimes I think about, you know, what if the CDR hadn't broken on the way to merge, you know, what would have happened if we had put out the record on merge? Right. That's really fascinating. And I actually saw you in Omaha in the early 2000s. I, I, I think we talked about this, but I had a little bit of connection because Steven Peterson, who's in Criteria at that point, who was originally in Cursive, he produced my band's record in the early 2000s and we did it in its basement. We did it at half at Presto in Lincoln when it was in Lincoln and half at his basement. And he took us to see you play in like a ballroom with like Neva DeNova or something who I later, you know, came to to really like as well. But that must have been probably also early. That band broke up in 2005. So it had to have been, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, Neva DeNova. We opened for Neva DeNova uh, in Iowa and a couple shows in the Midwest. And uh, my best friend is that's uh, her boyfriend is Jake from Neva DeNova. So he's still a big part of my life. But But yeah, it was so important for us to just find ourselves as songwriters and as instrumentalists. And I'm so grateful that we had that time under, under the radar truly before social media to, you know, write shitty songs, uh, play our instruments poorly, pack up our shit, you know, see the country with just each other in the van and truly develop Uh, But outside of the L.A. thing, which is, you know, I grew up in L.A. as a part of the kind of weird Hollywood world. And uh, so I think that was really the only way for us to legitimize our work um, was through this world that found us. You know, we didn't I mean, I was a fan of the music, but. People really reached out to us and invited us on these tours. And then from that point, we, you know, went on tour with Bright Eyes and The Good Life. And I sang on a cursive album. And we just, uh, the rest is kind of history. Amazing. And yeah, and we should give a shout out to Jake Bellows because uh, his album, New Ocean, all of his solo stuff also incredible. People should check that out. And there's that great uh, Neva DeNova Bright Eyes Oh my God. Yeah, they reissued that a few years ago, some extra stuff. But that, yeah, that split is unbelievable. That I feel like that's Connor's like peak. You know, that's that's just for some reason that is 
I haven't revisited Fevers and Mirrors, but that was why I fell in love with his uh, lyrics. But for some reason, that split with Jake is just, it's just my favorite. Yeah, it's magical for sure. Well, speaking of magic, um, <laughs> we'd like to maybe play a fun <laughs> game with you, Jenny, if you're up for it. Okay. A magically fun game. I don't know if that really that segue really made sense, but uh, it did. It was great. <laughs> it did. Okay. Well, okay. So th- in this game, we're going to introduce um, nostalgic products, shows, etc., um, that are making a comeback right now. And if you're into them, you can give them a yes, nostalgia. Nostalgia. And if you're not into them, you can give them a no, nostalgia. No, 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 nostalgia. Got it. Um, Jonah, do you want to introduce the first one? Because I feel like you really did a deep dive of this one. I did. So um, so this one is Betty Crocker is releasing a Dunkaroos pancake mix. Nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it reminds me of this lyric. It's in a song. I can't think of the song, but there's a lyric. When I, when I go to Nashville, I listen to the like... Uh, R&B hip hop station in Nashville. And there's this lyric, uh, Betty Crocker taught me how to cake, uh, bake a cake, bro. <laughs> so sometimes to myself, I think, oh, Betty Crocker taught me how to bake a cake, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and now she can teach you how to make Dunkaroos. Tell you, so, so Dunkaroos were gone. Now Dunkaroos are back. Now this Dunkaroos complete rainbow sprinkles pancake mix with rainbow <laughs> sprinkle frosting is a perfect way to enjoy this classic flavor in the comfort of your own home classic yeah so it's coming to walmart uh you're not into rainbow sprinkle pancake dunkaroo sugary breakfast that's not really your scene i'm gluten-free okay (laughs) (laughs) also i'm not into this like new oreo flavor thing yeah i just why would you mess with something that's perfect yeah no i get that i get that i got kind of deep into this ceo (laughs) of general mills Jonah loves taking down CEOs. On I this like podcast. taking down CEOs on this show. It's this guy Jeff Hammerning. Uh, he's shocking. This guy uh, is CEO a Harvard of General Mills. CEO of General Mills. He began his career as a financial al- analyst at Eli Lilly. Then he got his MBA from Harvard. So then you know this guy he 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 wanted to get into organic food, which I'm sure we're kind of both into. So what does he do? You know, me, me and you would maybe get a smoothie. This guy bought Annie's. Yeah. He bought Annie's and, you know, I I don't know. He's really into like organic, you know, organic food. But I think he's more into just like buying organic food companies. And then you're putting out Dunkaroos. Like, really? Like, it seems like you're into this Harvard finance just making money. I did notice they changed the packaging on the Annie's uh, gluten-free mac and cheese. Yeah. And what do you think? What do you think? I'm going to blame that guy. Yeah. It's yeah. probably, the, yeah, he's probably sitting in his office, like reading the Harvard Business Review, being like, let's, I don't know, change the Annie's art, you know, I don't care, whatever. Like, it'll make me more oh, money. Harsh impression, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a nostalgia. Um, I do like Annie's, uh, by the way. Uh, I think Annie's mac and cheese is pretty good, and I like that you can get it for like a dollar. But yeah. uh, I, I might not keep, I might not buy it anymore because I don't, you know, what else am I supporting? That's a nostalgia from Jenny. Vanessa, what about you? I'm well, I guess I, you know, I, I was excited when I heard that actual Dunkaroos came back um, recently. But look, Jenny, I, I hear you. And it's a nostalgia for me, too. Then I'm with Jenny. Jonah, yeah. 
I'm with both of you. Nostalgia. We don't need Dunkaroo's pancake mix. We don't need to fatten Jeff Hammerning's pockets anymore. Yeah, I'm 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 over Dunkaroos and I'm you're just do- over you're this over. whole product. Yeah. Yeah. Whistle whistleblower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really important. Really important. You gotta find yeah, you gotta find the, the causes that make you passionate yeah. and just really yeah. get behind them. Yeah. This is what we fight for. <laughs> okay. The next thing, Jenny, which I do think you'll be into, but we'll see. Um, Caboodles have made a comeback. Now they have a full website. And they, and if you go to their website, it, it talks about just, just they're completely back. Where did they come from? They're molded from stylish genius to fit the needs of the on-the-go girl. Caboodles invented the entire category of cosmetic organization inspired by a tackle box. And it all started when necessity and whimsy snapped together. As the legend goes, in 1986, Vanna White was photographed using a Plano fishing tackle box to stow and organize her makeup collection with a visionary eye to the future and a need for functional but fun cosmetics case. Plano Molding Company launched Caboodles in 1987 with the snazzy on-the-go girl molded from the same functional designs of a tackle box. Okay, so you know about these Caboodles. They're back. What do you think, Jenny? They're they're completely back and there's so many different varieties. Well, I'm all about uh, necessity and whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say about you. <laughs> Clearly. And I, I had caboodles and I still have my childhood caboodle Whoa. because it's made of a very durable plastic. It's one of the few things that survived our garage flooding in uh, 1990 in wow. Van Nuys. And, and while I was on tour this last year, someone DM'd me with a picture of a new caboodle that is called the Voyager case. <gasps> so I went out and bought a Voyager caboodle, which my makeup is in right now. Oh my God. I, I, I didn't know about the Voyager case. I'm going to get one too. And they're, uh, they're 1999. They're very yes, cheap. They're 1999. You're absolutely right. You already knew the price. Uh, so I'm going to say yes. Yes. Nostalgia. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. What about you, Vanessa? What are your thoughts on this? Obviously, it's a nostalgia <laughs> for me. And I just want to say, I just want to read a quote from the Caboodle site in case you're still on the fence, Jonah. Where we're going. It, this is part of their site. Caboodles is here to empower a new generation with tools to organize what they care about. Caboodles gives go-getters of every age, color, and creed the organizational creativity to be who they are. We believe you deserve a colorful life filled with purpose, beauty, and joy. We believe that you're worth organizing. And sometimes a little glam and glitz are all you need to conquer the world. Jonah, I'd love to see you give that a nostalgia. I dare you. But go ahead. What do you think? Uh, no, I'm going to give this a nostalgia. I mean, I, I honestly wasn't really familiar with Caboodles, but I, I really do want to work on getting more organized this year. That's one of my goals. And I think any kind of anything that's helps with organization and adds a little fun, like how could I come out against that? Now, the listeners can't see us, but while we were talking about caboodles, Jonah was completely tuned out. (laughs) And I feel like... I was looking at this Word document about caboodles a little bit. But yeah, I I, I basically had no idea what you're... I don't remember these at all. Were these really popular? So popular. They're like tackle boxes, but they're they're sort of colorful and... um, Genius. 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 And you would put your makeup in them. You would put your jewelry in them. And you both had them as kids? Oh, yeah. I had like mini ones. I had mini ones and the big one. Yeah. And now that they're back, I'm thrilled. And they have like 
they, they, you know, they have different partnerships. They have Jojo Siwa ones. They have Barbie ones. Most importantly, they have a Voyager one, as we just learned. So as soon as this podcast ends, I'm going on the Caboodle site and getting that. If they want to sponsor us, they can. I, I have my Caboodle right here with all of my jewelry from when I was 11 and 12 years. Ugh. Because the thing about the Caboodle is that once you put the stuff in the Caboodle, you don't often go in and get this. It's just sort of like stay, you know, it's just like a receptacle for stuff that you never actually wear. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many levels to it too, that you can really bury old stuff in it. And you'd have to like it, you know, it's like a tackle box. It's like, it's in there. It's deep. You don't have to, you don't have to look at it ever again if you don't want to. But it's like a a time capsule. Oh yeah. In a way, it's like a plastic time capsule of your youth and all of the weird little uh, yin yang charms that you acquired or whatever you were totally into at the time. of course yin yang i love of peace course. and balance <laughs> and also you know the other thing about them is looking at the website they all look nostalgic and like vintagey and i don't know if it's because of like i think they're leaning into it like i think it's partially the colors and stuff that they're using but i also just think that we associate caboodles with our childhood so anyways Really All right. Well, that's another, that's a nostalgia. So um, our last one is, uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, Jenny. I'm, I'm interested to get your take on this. Uh, pressure cookers. Um, pressure cookers. <laughs> you look confused <laughs> and you look concerned. <laughs> pressure cookers are, are nothing new. They go back to the 17th century, which I don't know how that's possible, but that's what this article, I don't know, <laughs> Vanessa found somewhere says. Uh it became a common household appliance in the 50s. Um, even though they're, they have their quirks and dangers, they make dinner really fast. And um, more recently, the Instapot, Instant Pot, I was called Instapot, uh, is an enhanced version of a pressure cooker. Seven appliances is one. Um, and uh, safer. Safer. And I, 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 you know, I have an Instant Pot. I, I got one for Vanessa. I got one for my parents. I use it all the time uh, to cook to cook rice and grains and stuff. So I'm, I'm into it. I know. Yeah. They can also be uh, dangerous. So that's a concern, but I don't know if the instant pop can be used in a dangerous way. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's can be, but I think it's considerably, I think what this article that I actually think is a pretty good article I found um, (laughs) is saying is that like old pressure cookers were actually could be quite dangerous. And the instant pot has sort of changed the game in that it's not, it's not as it's, it's safer. Look, Jenny, I, I truly have no idea where you're going to land on this. <laughs> what, do, what do you think? Well, pre- pressure cooker just sounds dangerous. Yeah. It's like those people that deep fat fry turkeys Yeah, for Thanksgiving. And there's like thousands of explosions <laughs> across the country. People deep fat frying their turkeys. I say nostalgia to the pressure cooker. I'm I'm just I'm afraid right now just thinking of it. Do you get into do because something else I got recently is an air fryer and it's called a ninja. Um, do you do you get into like kitchen a gadget? Is that or are you more just like kind of stove typical cooking stuff? I I like uh, quality cookware. Okay. Nonstick, of course. Nonstick of course. is not good for you, but I do have. One appliance that I use quite often, it's the Zoji Rushi rice cooker oh, from Japan. Yeah, those look really nice. Those look really nice. That's like on, I think that was on our like wedding registry, like, like, but like a high up, like, like, I don't think we would buy that for ourselves because it, they're, 
but they look really nice. So how often do you use it? I use it you know, a couple times a month. Yeah. The air fryers. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the air fryers. I are, I mean, you, you like your air fryer. I do. I, I do like it. I got it as a birthday gift from my parents. And uh, yeah, I, I we actually use it a lot. We use it like kind of instead of a microwave, you just want to heat stuff up. It feels like a little cleaner than. I don't own a microwave. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe in microwaves, so I'm not. I do not have a microwave. I'm not a big microwave person either. But um, but you can also make rice in a pressure cooker, but probably not as good as as the rice cooker. At your own risk. At your, At your own, own risk. risk. <laughs> well, Jenny, do you, are you do you like soups and stews? Oh, oh yeah. I think we got to get you an instant pot at some point. If we got if we got you one, would you would you use it or you don't think you would? Would you try is this it? Like a, is this a crock pot basically? I guess so. <laughs> I don't. Here's I, the thing that's incredible about it. Okay, <laughs> is you can make any kind of a like I like I love split pea soup. You can make split pea soup from dried peas in it in 15 minutes. It's like it's like it cooks stuff so fast. I mean, it takes like 10 minutes to heat up and then it's 15 minutes. But it's like. It really, you can make soups and stews so fast. You can set it and forget it. You can leave it there. It'll just like keep stuff warm when it's past cooking time. I really think you're going to be into it. And I think that, I think that Jonah and I may have to get you one. <laughs> can you do a curry in the Instant yeah. Pot? Because yeah. I sure. want to become a, a, a curry queen. You can't. The only, the only problem is like you can't really season stuff as you go, like if you're cooking over a pot, you got to kind of put it in there and then maybe season it later. But you can cook stuff really fast in it. But you must you must have, you know, we, when you were on my last podcast, we talked probably talked way too much about smoothies. <laughs> you must have you, a Vitamix, some kind of high power blender, I'd imagine. Or no, I have a, a hand blender, hand blender. Really? Wait, well, because I travel uh, right. and I like to make smoothies oh, on the so go. Smart. So I travel with a, um, a jar. Okay. And a hand, a hand blender. But I, I've always wanted a Vitamix, but I think uh, I'm a little too cheap. Because I can't you make a soup in a Vitamix and it heats up just in the Vitamix? I've I've heard that if you keep yes. it running, it will actually heat the soup. I've never done that. I put hot soups in it and it'll blend it up. But I've never I've, I've heard that's true. But I feel like you'd have to run it for a really long time. Honestly, guys, when I was in a relationship, these are the things that we got excited about. But single life, you're like crock potting for one it's just not i gotta tell you i gotta tell you instant pot you got soup for days it's so fun and something else that i discovered recently jonah and i don't even think i told you about this sometimes i'll make a soup in the instant pot which it has like its own insertable like pot that you put into the thing and then i got a lid this like this like plastic lid that goes on top of that pot so i can take the soup directly from that pot and put it in my fridge. I don't even have to pour it into another pot. It seems like you guys are giving me blank faces. Like this is not <laughs> as impressive to you. I'm hungry, guys. Yeah, I'm hungry too. Jenny, but you should write a song called Crockpot and for One. I think that's a really good phrase. Crockpot and for One. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Jenny, we're going to find the, the, someone. We're both going to find someone and we're both going to find them for sure on Raya. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when I'm on Raya, sometimes I'm like, oh, he's Jewish. 
I know. Oh, look, he's Jewish. And then he's like in Bali with like a six pack, like <laughs> jumping off of a cliff. I'm like, there's no way this guy's Jewish. Can these guys, if nothing else, can they stop jumping off cliffs? Please. That's please, not Raya. appealing. We hate, we hate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So that seems like it's a nostalgia for you, Jenny. <laughs> Jonah, what about you pressure cookers? I, I already know the answer to this. Yeah, but. it's a yes dolge. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm into them. I like it. Obviously, I'm them. also a yes dolge on this. I mean, Vanessa, you basically just did an infomercial, so I'd hope that it would be a and yes And again, if Instant Pot wants to sponsor us, we're not going to say no. Crock potting for one. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Check out Jenny. Jenny's new single, Crock Potting for One. Um, it's going to be dropping really soon. It's going to be Jenny, a, a hit. Oh now go ahead, yeah. Vanessa. Go ahead. That was it. That's all I said. I just wanted to say, where else can people find you when they're not searching crockpotting for one? <laughs> oh, well, you can find me uh, on my uh, Instagram account at 836 on uh, most evenings, Jenny Diane Lewis. Oh, and you can find, more importantly, my dog, <gasps> Bobby Rhubarb Lewis on Instagram. And uh, many cute photos of my new puppy, which I wrote a song about uh, in Nashville uh, called Puppy in a Truck. Aww. Yes. And you, do, I saw you perform it on, was it Seth Meyer? One of those shows. Which one? On The Tonight Show. The Tonight Show. And yeah, I've heard of it, uh, <laughs> I've heard of it. And Bobby Rhubarb uh, made her Tonight Show debut because we played in front of a giant video wall and we got some footage of her. She was at the shoot. So, uh, yeah, check out Bobby Rhubarb Lewis on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. I certainly will. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been so great to catch up with you. Lovely to talk to you both and see you. And uh, can't wait to get my Instapot in the mail. (laughs) We can't wait to swap recipes with you, Jenny. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.